0: Yes, welcome back to Big V Racing. You're with Matt Nevin and Matt Stewart here, live from Flemington for the Victoria Racing Club and the annual long lunch. The Flemington Racing Spectacular begins this Saturday at Flemington on Australian Guineas Day. Come and join us for three spectacular Group 1 race days in March. Find out more at vrc.com.au. Shortly, Andrew Bendley's going to catch up with Racing Royalty Jamie Carbert. Matty Stewart, what a treat. We've got Cricketing Royalty right in front of us here. The great Ricky Ponting joins us. Hello, Ricky. Good day, guys. How are you?
1: We're yeah, going well. we'd find him on a racetrack. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's not the first time.
1: Are you uh, part of the long lunch, obviously?
2: I am, yeah. I've just been over to Danny's stables, actually. Had some uh, some nice photos taken over there with call sign Mav, not to give too much away, but um, who's getting ready for the Blamey on Saturday. So, yeah.
1: Absolutely. How many, hey.
2: how many horses are you in at, at the moment? Only one at the moment that Danny's got. He's yep. got a three-year-old gilding of ours that's had a three, star, three or four starts for a couple of placings, I think. So he's... You'll be back in the next few weeks, hopefully.
1: Yeah, whack the blinkers on it.
2: <laughs> We've, done that. We've already done that.
1: Take them off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'd love this time of the year, wouldn't you? It's, uh, it's Nearly when racing's at its best. I know the spring's obviously special for so many reasons, but the weather's usually pretty good in autumn, and there's such great racing on offer, especially at Flemington.
2: Well, the next few weekends is amazing, right? Starting starting this weekend, obviously, I'll be here Saturday, bringing the, bringing the family out, bringing the kids out to enjoy a, a bit of a fun day at the races. It, and it, to be honest, I mean, I'm not normally around much this time of year. I'm normally... Um, coaching in the IPL sort yeah. of start of sort of mid-March onwards so I, I'll leave on about the 19th or 20th of March and have about, about 10 weeks away so it would be good to get a, a good fun day at the races um, part of the Fleming Racing Spectacular starting up so, on the I weekend, think. yeah. Absolutely Hey, I
1: want to ask you about all of that plus I want to talk about the inevitable because I know you'd be very mm. close to your heart but I just want to talk about what happened in Wellington yesterday. <laughs> what yeah. did you make of what happened yesterday? Well, I
2: was at, I actually at the um, Dean Lester's lunch yesterday at Crown when it was all unfolding and, and some other people there were obviously bigger cricket fans than me because they'd all sort of jumped out of their seats and come (laughs) over to me and said oh you know they've just won by a run or whatever else so I got the phone out and and check things out but I mean I how good is it to see test cricket like that I mean yeah. some of the results even India I mean I know India's been heavily one-sided towards them but it's been action-packed test match cricket and since Brendan's been in charge of that England team I mean the, the, the cricket and the spectacle that they're putting on for the world game is is amazing I mean it it only takes one or two teams as well to r- really reinvigorate and re- revitalize test match cricket and I think back to some of the you know the better teams that I played in with you know scoring rates and stuff that we were able to achieve and then the 2005 Ashes series comes along which is one of the the all-time great series and that sort of reinvigorated the, the test match game for a while and I think right now where where Test cricket is, it, I think every team needs to maybe have a bit of a look at what England are doing and, and try and tow the line because it. You know, a lot of a lot of countries are struggling with their test cricket. I mean, the big boys will always be okay, and the, the you know the game will be safe in England, Australia, and and India. But outside of that, you know, there's a lot of the other countries are struggling. So you know, even a result like that yesterday for New Zealand, even you know, to, to get mm. through that series 1-1 one, one when they've been pretty much outplayed for the, the entire two test matches, is, is a great result for world cricket. To me, it's like
1: you only need one epic baseball game every now and then for baseball to still be. And I reckon with test cricket, you mentioned 2005, and you only need a match like that in New Zealand yesterday every every now and then to, to, to for the love of Test cricket to remain you're not going to get it all the time but when it happens once every now and then it's still, it's still, it still counts doesn't it
2: oh absolutely I mean the other thing that will reinvigorate and start everyone talking about again is this whole follow on thing as well yeah. because you know a lot of teams and captains over the last maybe 10 what years what decision would you have made Oh look, I, you're leaving yourself open for the only way you can lose the game. Yeah, that's yeah. the way I would have yeah. thought about it. Yeah. It's the only way you can actually lose. And and you know, as, as well as they've played, and as improbable as it probably was that they were going to lose, they gave New Zealand a chance. And you know, even the fact that they're going in, you know, 260, they needed just they didn't they? I think um, to win the game, they think that they would think they're going to get them uh, pretty, pretty easily. And and probably in about 40 overs away, they've been playing of late as well. But you know, you leave yourself open. I think that's that's what. You know, opposite, that's what captains are thinking now. As long as there's enough time left in the game. Like, the teams are not... They don't care if they finish in three days or five days. It's, it's the end result that, that that matters most. And especially when you think of that how big a decision that was with the series being on the line as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they haven't won that series now. They, they gave New Zealand a, a sniff in that one test, which actually gives them a, a sniff in the series. So I think they'll be regretting that.
1: Sir Humphrey Appleby and, yes, Prime Minister would have said, very brave Prime Minister. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you get your head around India? Every time you went to India, obviously we know what's going on over there. What, was there a mental thing when you got off at the airport about, well, how do I deal with this? I
2: struggled Sorry. with the first few tours. It, it's well documented that I struggled playing spin bowling early in my career in the subcontinent and I think for a lot of us, because it was so foreign, whether it was just the lifestyle or the conditions or the practice conditions you got or the amount of spin bowling you're facing, whatever it was... It was, it was a hard place to play, but if you actually went there thinking it was going to be hard, well guess what? It was mm-hmm. going to be hard. So, you know, the back, the back end of my career when I started playing reasonably well there it was, it was about embracing the tour for what it was. Um, not even talking about the conditions. The conditions don't matter. You know, mm-hmm. it's a 22 yard cricket pitch, you've got to yep. find a way to make runs. But the more you talk about it and complicate it, I think the harder it becomes. And then the outside part of that, if you can embrace the culture and the lifestyle of India as well, knowing that it's going to be different, knowing that it's going to be difficult, knowing that you're going to have people you know wanting to get up and touch you and have autographs and photos all the time, that's a big part of Learning how to cope. If if you get if you get annoyed or agitated by the lifestyle over there, well, guess what? It, cricket becomes even harder again. So if you can, I think if you can embrace that and then just get out in the middle and, and play. Uh, and I think the thing that stood out to mo- the most for me with Australia in these few, few t- first few Test matches is their approach in game one was very much trust your defence, bat long periods of time, accumulate runs and get them. That didn't work. So they went the other way in the second Test, get them as quick as we can. You know, p- put pressure back on the bowlers. That didn't work. So I, for did they me? go from one extreme to the other, too? It, like, it seemed like it did, but I mean, I, know I can understand that because the, the game is moving so fast. Mm. Um, and if you, if you let those ball, you let Jadeja and Asheran settle into a line of length, they're just going to get you out anyway. So you might as well try and put some pressure back on them. Whether they went about that the right way with the amount of sweeps and stuff they played, it'll be up for, up for them to decide, but the point I was trying to make is, you have to be really clear in your own game plan, you, you've got to work out your own game plan and style that you think's going to give you the best chance of success, I don't think it can be a, an out-and-out team, this is the way we're going to play because, you know, a lot of a lot of players, as Steve Smith said, a lot of players are not good sweepers, but a lot of players just don't do it well, mm-hmm. so you can't go out just saying we're going to sweep, because it doesn't fit your, your game style, so I reckon we might see a bit of a different approach from the individual players starting this afternoon.
0: There's a lot of pressure on David Warner at the moment, externally for his position in the side, especially um, when you consider that Australia heads to England for an Ashes series coming up as well. He made that big double hundred in Melbourne over the summer, but outside of that, it's been a pretty lean run for him. What do you think the Australian selectors should do moving forward with David Warner? Do you think they should continue to persist, persist with him or have the, the hard conversation?
2: Um, yeah, I, I don't know, actually. I, I really don't know the way they're going to approach that. You know, I, I think... And just thinking about it a bit of the way that the selectors are probably thinking and have been thinking with David for quite a while. A bit, the, I think a bit the way that they're probably thinking with Aaron Finch as well, going to the T20 World Cup. Yep. It was probably pretty evident that he probably wasn't in his best form going to that T20 World Cup, but it almost got too close to the, the 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 moment to actually change the opener and change the captain going in. So they decided to back him in and and see how that went. With with David, I think I, I've heard him talk before about their cycle. This this current cycle, there and will finish. After the World Test Championship, which is obviously the week before the first Ashes Test, and I would think all going well that they want to get David through until the end of that Test match at least. Um, mm. It's up to him, though. Like you know, it, it's you know the only currency you have as a batsman is runs, and if you're not scoring runs, you leave yourself open. And, and it happens to all of us. It happened to me. It happens to you know all the guys. When you get to a certain age, and you, and it looks like your form is dropping off slightly, then you know the knives are sharpened, and it doesn't it doesn't take long. W-
0: would also the fact that. His record in England, especially in recent tours, and his record against Stuart Broad, he's not great. Yeah. Um, do you think the selector should be seriously thinking about that as well? Well,
2: it was, I actually brought up a, a bit of a point during the Australian summer that with, with India coming out, he, he doesn't have a great record in the subcontinent either. I think yeah. most of his... Three-quarters of his hundreds have actually been made in Australia, so his travelling record overall isn't as good as his, his home record. So for, he, for him to finish the way I thought he deserved to finish, the obvious thing for me for him was maybe to pull the pin after Sydney. You know, I've got 200 in Melbourne played his 100th test in Melbourne, played his 101 tests in Sydney, his home, yeah. home game and maybe finished there. Just think, trying to plan out what the future looked for. Him. But I think the last thing that he deserves is to is to be away on a tour, get in the middle of a series and then actually get dropped in his career So that, That'd be a, an awful way for him to finish. So that was a scenario as I was sort of running through my head during the summer. Um, but let's, let's, let's hope. I mean, let's hope he does. I know he won't get back for these last couple of test matches. I think he's going to go back and play the one day as in India um, straight after, which I hope he does because I've got him in my IPL yeah. team. So I want some cricket under his belt before the IPL starts. But yeah, And then we'll see how that goes. But, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a driven little man that's uh, a yeah, pretty stubborn little bugger as well. So we'll see how he goes. Hey, uh, Ricky, I want to
1: ask you about the inevitable because I know you'd be following his every step. And I'll, I want to show you a photo on my phone of him at the beach, at Seven Mile Beach as well, which you'll love. But the, uh, Tasmania in general, from a punting point of view and a popularity point of view, I think this summer's it's just lifted itself. It's been the awareness of the inevitable and the carnivals and even King Island They've got this thing called, um, what's it called, Form Plus? Form Pro Plus, the right, yep. live streaming, which you would have seen. There's a lot of advertising going on at the moment about why we should be betting in the Hong Kong pools because of the limited pool of horses and so on. To me, Tassie rep- mirrors that with um, enormous opportunity for punters to get interested in a less complicated punting environment with three major tracks, common group of horses and so on. Do you think there's a lot of scope for greater growth with Tasmania along those lines for, for the punting public?
2: Oh, look, definitely. I think that's been proven the last 12 months. It's only sort of 12 months that this has sort of really been reinvigorated once again. And, and it's on the back of some freakish horses as well, right? I mean, I think if you take the inevitable out and you take Mystic Journey out, those sort of horses the last couple of years, it probably wouldn't be what it is now. So, um, And I love the fact that, you know, King Island, and that what what they did with that was you know, amazing. Yeah, it was. Um, mm. You know, the the amount of, you know, um, interstate horses getting t- down to Tassie now, you know, all the time. Then that carnival has just been in in Launceston. To see the, the the interstate horses down there for that was was outstanding. I mean, that's what the state needs. It needs to see these better horses down there more often, and and you know, and the ability for Tasmania to keep producing, I think, is the, the important thing. And it's
1: easy to punt down there. There's there's yep. less variables. I mean, it's yep. a really good opportunity for greater awareness. And that's well, everyone
2: talks thing. about the track too. The Launceston yeah. track, You listen to the jockeys talk about the track and and how was to ride. So that you know, generally when it's like that, it's a reasonable place to punt as well. So. What do you make? it? Can the inevitable win the All-Star Mile? <laughs> yeah. How good would that be? What a sur- I, I, I've been listening to you the last few weeks. I know you're yeah. how big a fan you are. Um, and I watched him again the other day. I mean, he, he tails on, out there. Put that on a promo, Don't listen Andrew. to him too uh, much, Ricky. Uh, I've <laughs> been
1: listening to you in the last few weeks. <laughs> he tails off
2: out the back and goes out wide and gets, gets up over the top of him later. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to do that against the best. He might have to find himself up a bit closer to the front, but, jeez, he's going good, isn't he? Yeah, exciting, he is. exciting little animal.
0: He is. He's a superstar. Uh, what about the, the AFL's or well, the Tasmania's bid for a 19th license into the AFL. It's, it feels like it's getting close, and then it takes a couple of backward no, steps.
2: I heard this latest one this morning about the RSL down there have written a letter about not wanting to move um, from what they've got down there as far as the War Memorial is concerned for, um, as on the Macquarie Point site. So, yeah. you know, why is it taking so long? Yeah. This has got so far to where it's got to now, and then all of a sudden this pops up. I don't know why they've decided to do it now. It could have been knocked on the head a long time ago. In fact, they could have... Two or three years ago, even try to find another place to maybe relocate it to, or, or wipe Macquarie Point out of the equation as far as the grounds concerned. But not wait this long until—that's mm. what disappointed me this morning oh. about that. But let, look, at, you know, let's—you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a huge footy fan as well. Yeah. Um, you Yeah. Know, I've got a big decision to make for Tassie. Tassie get a team in the AFL. Oh yes, exactly. What are, what are you going to do? No, i I'll stick, th- I'll stick <laughs> thick with the Kangas for the first couple of years. Can we um, save Glenelg? Pre- well, that's another. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. It's—you think about where state footies come in Tassie. You know, I, I used to go, my my best mates, you know, in the early 90s, um, Tasmania football was unbelievable. You know, and the reason it was because um, ex-AFL, VFL players were being funded by the AFL to go to Tassie and coach some of these teams. You know, Glenorchy and North Hobart and, you know, North Launceston had some great coaches down there. Clarence said, you know, if I go back through those mid-90s, they're... You know, Stevie Wright was there. Um, David Reese Jones was there. Andy Goodman was in at Devonport. Mark Yates was at North Hobart. Yep. Um, Peter German coached up at Burnie. Mm. Um, you know, th- there was Mark Weidman played at Devonport, and um, Wayne Weidman, Mark Wiedemann, Wayne Wiedemann played at Devonport. So there were these players were coming down. It was being funded. Now the, the salary cap, and you'd know the salary cap on these statewide league teams. Now the bigger clubs are seventy thousand dollars for. Mm. If that's going to be your coach and all your playing lists. Yeah. You know, so it's no wonder they're, they're struggling. They're all going to play the level down on. Probably 1,500 bucks a week in their pocket, and, and and only have to worry about training twice a week, and, and only travelling five minutes around the corner to go and play your game. So you can understand, you know, it hasn't happened overnight. That's been it's been 30 years in the making. The reason Tassie State Footy's got to where it's got to, but I think you know it'd be, it'd be great to see the AFL get involved a little bit more and try and do whatever they can to to get the state league back to where it needs to be, because that's obviously a big a big step, stepping stone as far as where this AFL team's going to go. It's got to be state state league footy VFL team before you even think about getting a an AFL team up yeah, and running. There's a lot to work
0: out, no doubt about that. Hey, uh, Ricky, so I uh, so appreciate you jumping, dropping by for a, a couple of minutes and having a chat about a lot of different things. It's been a lot of fun. Great to pick your brain on it. So um, enjoy the long lunch this afternoon, and hopefully the Australians can turn things around in India this afternoon as well.
2: Yeah, I won't be able to enjoy the long lunch as much as my wife probably. I've got cricket training with a youngster <laughs> after school this afternoon, so I reckon I'll be doing that. <laughs> good can stuff. Cheers, boys. Thanks, cool Ricky.
1: hook, the son?
2: Is he good... Pull hook. He, yeah, he's he, got an on-drive and a pull shot so far. That's about <laughs> it. Pretty good, pretty good master. More in his armoury. <laughs> <he? laughs>